Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. And so we will ask one of the kids to give us a summary from their notes from last week, and then we will make progress. So we are going to pray now. Um, Nika, can you open us up in prayer? Okay, let's pray. Our loving Father, we just want to glorify your holy name as you gathered us tonight, Almighty God, to be able to study your word deeper in our hearts, Lord God. We invite the presence of your Holy Spirit, and we ask you, O God, to give us knowledge and understanding so that, Father, we will be able to be grounded in your word, Lord God, so that if we will be grounded in your word, Lord God, the enemy will not be able to to fight us, Lord God, because we have your truth. And if we have your truth, O oh Lord, we are victors. And we thank you, Lord, that you're always there being with us, Lord God, guiding us. Through your word, O Lord. And we thank you that you are using Brother George. We pray that you put your words in his mouth, O God, so that he will be able to teach us your word with power through you, our Lord Jesus. We just want to thank you, Almighty God. In this we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Okay. Um. We just want to, like I said, we want to study a bit more on the matter of um, fruitfulness. And we want to hear from, of course, our Lord Jesus again on what he said about the matter of being fruitful. So we are going to read John chapter 15. I'm sure you know that scripture, you've read it before. But please, can we study it again? so that we can glean much more from it for our own lives and our walk with him. Um, so John chapter 15. My computer software is misbehaving, so I will go to the hardcover. Sorry. Which, which, which... Um... So... John 15, I've put like 1 to 7 on the chat. Or... So John 15, um, let's just look at from verse 1. Um, let me see. It's just because of time I'm conscious. Okay, let's look at it from verse 1. And we'll read it down to verse Seven, yeah. So John fifteen from verse one to verse seven. Um, but before we read, can I think it would be good to have like a summary, just to give us some a form of springboard to launch this evening study. So can somebody just read one of the kids to read the summary of the notes they took from last week, just to remind our hearts again of what God challenged us with. With regards to the matter of being fruitful. Yes. Who's going to help us out of the kids? <laughs> Should we volunteer? Volunteer. Some people. Some people. No, no, she, she's already volunteered. Who is that? Who is that? Ria. Is that Ria? Ria volunteered. Thank you. No, Regine. Regine, sorry, I got my story. Regine, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we can hear you. For some reason, it's screen at full we can hear you, Regine. 
something wrong. Is it working? Yeah. 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 Just, just, just read. Just read. Okay. Um. So the Lord said to Moses to come up to me on the mountain, but then Joshua followed as well, and it could also show how Joshua wants to follow God as well. Ah, Is that what we did last week? Yeah. Well, I wrote more, but it's just the beginning. Okay. And anyone who has a desire to know God can follow him. And when you personally don't engage with God but rely on others, it cannot be enough. Am I reading the wrong one? Wait. Sorry, wait. I need to check. What was the date last week? Six. Six. Oh, sorry, I was reading two weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> um. Six. It's all the fig tree. I yeah. think. Did you look at the tree? Maybe that was my bad. Sorry, I kind of lost my notes. Oh, okay. I think I'm on it now. So, John 4, God is always looking for people who can satisfy his heart. And Jesus stopped at Jacob's well and sat down by and asked the Samaritan woman to give him a drink. So he gives us the same request and is thirsty for a drink for my lives and our souls. And people who would do good and satisfy Jesus, who has this to do good and satisfy Jesus who thirsts for this righteousness. He is asking for ourselves to present ourselves as vessels to drink from, and he wants cleansed water from our lives, as we cannot afford to have these impurities and ungodliness in our souls in order to satisfy Jesus' desire for a drink. Um, in Also, Mark was... Oh, no, not Mark. Jesus was thirsty in in John 4, but in and also in Mark 11, he was described as hungry. And as he saw leaves on the fig tree, he thought it was good, as he thought it would have fruit. And the leaves represent the Christian language and activity. But when Jesus went to find fruit to satisfy his hunger, he found nothing. And the purpose of leaves is to absorb light and photosynthesize to produce food for the tree so that tree could produce fruit. And the leaves are meant to help us produce this good spiritual fruit so that Jesus may eat this goodness out of our lives. And Psalms 1 says how we happy are those who reject the advice of people. And they are like trees that grow beside a stream that bear fruit at the right time. They need to aspire to be like this tree, grow to the fullest and bearing good fruit. And we need to make the words of God our delight. And that when God comes to have some fruit, he wouldn't be disappointed, but pleased. So it would take commitment and faithfulness to continue learning about God, that we may produce these figs. And Jesus said to the unfruitful fig that may no one ever eat from you. And only with God alone you can be satisfied with your life. With the devil we can never be satisfied. And he would never say to us, well done, as he's a liar. And we shouldn't continue to work with him or continue like sinning. But we can please God if we produce that good fruit, serving him, as he would say to us, well done, my faithful servant. And we shouldn't serve man so that we become attached to the worldly things, as they are nothing compared to the heavenly treasures, as when we die, all earthly possessions will be left. So man cannot please God unless they are born again through Christ. And the purpose of the tree is to bear fruit, so our lives are supposed to be vessels for the Lord to encourage other lives to follow him. If we are passionate for these spiritual requests, God would help us. 
We are like trees planted by God in the mercy of his vineyard. So it's necessary to build that purpose and bear that fruit, so that we may not wither and die of an empty spirit. If people, when they, people are happy when they see a fruitful tree, what more is God? We need to take our relationship with God seriously, and we shouldn't just occupy space and produce nothing. We need to please God as the years are going by quickly and we should use that time to grow spiritually and to dig up those weeds and rocks hidden in the roots that's prevented us from growing and to allow the Holy Spirit to take this away so that the soil is enriched and also we need the fertilizer of God's word to burn those weeds and help us to grow and act in our hearts. It's a shame I miss it. <laughs> um, my computer went off. I know. I wonder what happened. Yeah, my computer went off, and but it's good. You guys continue, which is nice. I thought you were gone off as well, but you are still on. Because one, oh. one one thing that you didn't know was that there's, I think it's in Jeremiah. There's like an opposite. So because you you have in John, like like in Psalm one, it says, "Blessed is the man." Uh, the tree that like trees trees by streams of living water. There's also a passage in Jeremiah, but there's like an opposite tree as well. Like you have so so out in Israel, Scott Stripling, uh, he's like a famous biblical archaeologist. And um he he kinda goes up to this tree and it looks perfect on the outside, but it is in fact poisonous. So he kinda pulls the fruit off the actual thing. And doesn't actually smash it because he knows that there's an actual poison. So on the outside it looks fine, but you push it, and it's it, there's an actual poison inside. But he 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 quoted from Isaiah that this uh, I think was it from Jeremiah because you have the same um, where it, where it talks about streams of living water. That, that's also quoted in Jeremiah, but there's, there's a tree, and I can't remember exactly where it is. But, um, it's annoying. So, yeah. So, um, so, so like I said, I, I miss what Medin summarized, but I know that God challenged our hearts. Um, last week about the need to continue to ensure that we bear fruit. Um, God is looking, Jesus is coming year after year, looking for fruit from our life. And it's so important not to ignore the Lord's demand upon my life, upon my upon your life, on the need to bear fruit. And, you know, we remember, if you remember last, we talked about the need for God in his mercy to <clears throat> um, come and dig around our lives. Remember that, that tree we looked at in um, Luke chapter 13. Do you remember? Where the Bible was saying that a, a farmer or a, a gardener, a, a, sorry, a man had a, a, a vine, a fig tree in his vineyard, and was year after year, he hadn't produced any food. And he was going to tell the gardener, cut down the tree, it is occupying space. And you remember that question? The question was, why is the tree occupying this? Even for us, we should not just be occupying space. If you notice, maybe we will read just as a preamble. When God created man, there was a demand upon the life of man. If we go to Genesis, let's go there. Before we go to John chapter 15, look at it. 
I know you know this feature. It's just to remind you of what God wants to do. Or what God is looking for. Genesis chapter 1. Look at it. Let me read it from verse 26. Just to give you a bit of context. Genesis 1 verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the sea, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth so god's first demand upon the life of man was that man should be fruitful being fruitful means full out God's demand, God's request, God's instruction to man has not changed. Be fruitful and multiply, replenish, fill the earth. That is what God's demand is upon my life, upon your life. And beloved brethren, God said it in Genesis chapter 1. That demand has not changed. That call upon your life and upon my life has not changed. And the reason why we are studying this is to revisit this demand so that truly we can be fruitful. I'm praying that God will give you a fresh impetus, a fresh, a fresh drive to be fruitful. And if you notice, I want us to, uh, we are going to look at how we can actually be fruitful and look at the dynamics involved. But I want you to take note, in verse 28, the man God created was in the image of God. Do you see that in verse 26? The Bible says, God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion. Do you see what God was doing? God said, let us make man. So the man he made was in the image of God. Now verse 26 now told us God created, no, verse 27 now said, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So when God created man, he did not just create man out of the image of another thing. He created man after his own image. And God was saying, God's intention was that the image of my image in man needed to go and multiply. You know, it would be easy for God to just create Millions of men and women. Millions. Eh? Maybe God could create a billion men and women that look like him. And he would say, stay on the earth. But God's plan was, go and multiply. This same image you carry, this image of God you carry, go and multiply it on the earth. That command has changed for me and for you. God told man then in Genesis, this image of God you carry, go and multiply it in several lives. That same command has not changed for us. The image of Jesus that you carry, the image of Christ that has become your own, 
God is saying, go and multiply that image in the lives of other men and women. And multiply that image in the lives of other boys and girls. And remember, look at verse 28 very closely. The Bible said, then, after God created man, the Bible said, he blessed them. He blessed them and God said to them, you see, before man could go and start producing and start being fruitful, God blessed them. Beloved brethren, we already have this blessing upon our heads. And the reason for this blessing is not for us to go and do things for our own selfish ambition. That blessing is so that we can go and be fruitful. We can go and multiply. That is the reason for that blessing. That is the reason why God created man. He created man to look like him. He created man to, to, to carry his image. So that man, and then he blessed man, so that man can go and multiply and replenish the earth. Now, unfortunately, something terrible happened. Man fell. Do you remember Genesis 3? And then when he fell, you now saw, if we go there to Genesis, let's go to Genesis 5 for the purpose of building a context. Look at Genesis 5. Remember, man was created in God's image. But because of the fall, something happened. Let me read it. Genesis 5, on verse 1. The Bible says, This is the book of the analogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the, like, in the likeness of God. He created them, male and female, and blessed them, and called them mankind in the day they were created. Another lived 130 years and gave birth to a son in his own likeness, after his image, and named himself. So do you see what's going on there? When God created man, he created man in God's image, in his own image. So man was meant to go forth. When God said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish it, man was meant to go and reproduce other men that look like God. But unfortunately, man fell in Genesis 3. So, when man was going to reproduce, look at what he reproduced. He reproduced another man, not in the image of God, but the image of himself. He reproduced man in the image of fallen man. So, that was a break from what God had called man to do because of the fall. And you now notice what happened in Genesis 6. Remember, man fell because of sin. In Genesis 6, look at what happened. Look at Genesis 6 verse 1. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, <coughs> and they took wives for them, and all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever. He is indeed flesh, <coughs> yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Look at verse 5 of Genesis 6. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So said, I will destroy man who am created on the face of the earth. Both man and beast, <clears throat> keeping things and birds of the earth, for I am sorry that I have made them. Do you see what happens 
when man does not multiply the image of God, when man started multiplying, started um, reproducing himself, look at what happened. Wickedness, evil, filled the earth. What's the problem? And beloved brethren, God's mandate upon your life, upon my life, has not changed. God wants you and me to go and multiply the life of Christ in others. That is the reason why you have been called. When man fell and was committing sin, they only reproduced the wrong type of life. No wonder the whole earth was full of wickedness. It's interesting to me that the two kinds of life, the life of man is inherently evil. And the God kind of life, those two lives can reproduce. Those kind of lives can multiply. The question is, which one will you multiply? Whether you like it or not, you are going to do one of them. And what God is, is challenging me and you to, to do is to go and multiply the kind of life, which is the life of Christ. God wants to populate the earth with the life of Christ. God wants to <coughs> multiply the right kind of life. God does not want the evil kind of life, the selfish kind of life, the wicked type of life to multiply. When that kind of life started multiplying, what happened? God said, I will destroy man. It regretted. God was so sorry for making man. Because the right kind of life was not being multiplied. Beloved brethren, I'm praying that God will challenge your heart to know that we have a mandate. We already have a, an instruction, a demand upon our lives to go and multiply the life of Christ and replenish the earth with that kind of life. When you do not do that, the wicked kind of life will multiply as well. We don't have an option. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will challenge your heart. We don't have an option. We need to go and multiply the right kind of life, which is the life of Christ. That's why I don't want you to take the Jesus you carry for granted. That kind of life, the Christ kind of life, can multiply. It can actually multiply. It is a life that is so alive that it can give birth to itself again and again and again and again. I'm praying that God will help you. That you will see that we don't have an option. Except we want wickedness to fill the earth. To overrun us. Look at it. The Bible said in that verse 5, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Why? Because men began to multiply. Men without the right kind of life, without, without looking, men that were not looking like God, men that were not looking and carrying the image of Jesus or the image of God, they were multiplying. No wonder wickedness multiplies too. You can't stop the ordinary man from, from doing wickedness because that is his life. That is what he knows. That is the life that we live. That's the life that we multiply. And God is challenging me and you. Go forth and multiply Jesus in other lives. 
look at it. So when God saw that wickedness was great, and the and the Bible says every intent of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. Do you see where? Do you see what was happening in the life of man then? His heart was evil. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Proverbs 4 tells us, I think it's verse 23. Watch your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Jesus was telling the Pharisees when they were complaining, Oh, your disciples are washing, are eating without washing their hands. And Jesus told them, It's what comes out of a man that defiles him, not what goes into him. The heart of man was wicked. Every intent of the thoughts of his heart was evil. And we see it even today. But you see, let's not concentrate on the wickedness of man. I'm praying that God will challenge you to arise. Look at, look at where I'm actually going. When man was evil and evil and evil continued to multiply, the Bible said, Noah, in verse 8. You see it? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace. And I think we've talked about this. Noah found grace. What does grace mean? Grace is God's unmerited favor. Grace is God's mercy that he has shown towards a man. And that grace does not just stay there. The Bible said in Titus, do you remember Titus chapter 2 from verse 11? He says, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Verse 12 says, teaching us to deny ungodliness, to deny and to say no to sin. That's what the grace of God does. The grace of God that brought salvation to you. The grace of God that made you know Jesus. That grace is a teacher. And he's teaching you to say no to sin. So when everybody else was committing sin in Noah's generation, Noah found grace to say no to sin. Noah got the divine ability. He held on to God and said, God, give me grace. And he said no to sin. You remember, if we read that title, chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, he says, maybe we should read it. Please, can you go to title, chapter 2? Let's just remind ourselves of what grace does in the life of a man. And I'm praying that God will help you because this is the pathway of being fruitful. Look at it. Can I read it? Roman, uh, Titus chapter 2 verse 11 it says for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men verse 12 says teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly love we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present age verse 13 says looking for the blessed, blessed hope and glorious appearing of our God and our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Do you see the work of grace? The grace that brought you salvation appeared to all men. God is not hiding that grace from, from people. That grace is freely available. You don't need to you don't need to pay for it. That grace of God, the mercy of God, that brings salvation is available to everybody. Look 
at it. The Bible said, has appeared to all men. It may appear to some people. If you lay hold of that grace, by the grace of God, the reason why you are sitting here, we are doing Bible study together, searching scriptures, trusting and praying that we will be fruitful, is because that grace has appeared to you and you've laid hold of it. And I don't want you to take it for granted. But you see, that grace, verse 12 says, is a teacher. You need to keep listening to the teachings of the grace of God. That grace does not just, it doesn't lie idle. The grace of God upon a man's life, it is not indolent. It's not passive. That grace is a teacher. Look at what that grace does. It teaches us to deny ungodliness. During Noah's time, when he held that grace, it was teaching him to deny sin and ungodliness. Look at what that grace was teaching him to do. It was teaching him to live soberly and righteously and godly. Where was he living that type of life? In that present generation. My translation says, in the present age, the grace of God is, is not just for heaven. It's not for heaven first. The grace of God is for your living in this earth, on this earth. The Bible says that grace was teaching Noah to say no to sin, to deny ungodliness. Please, I beg you, by the message of God, can you listen to the teachings of the grace of God? The teachings of the grace of God is not complicated. It should teach you to say no, denying ungodliness. The teachings of that grace should, show, should teach you to deny worldly lusts. All the attractions of this world. You know, I thought lockdown will make people settle down and read Christian books. I thought lockdown will make them watch Christian material on TV. But look at what's happening. Lockdown made them watch more Netflix movies. More movies that will defile their hearts. Because they were people were busy generally, they didn't have time to watch it. Netflix, that company, their profit has increased. And they are sponsoring all sorts of movies that will not benefit your heart. It will make you more ungodly when you finish watching it. The grace of God, the Bible says, is a teacher. It also should teach you to live, not just deny. You see, I thank God for God because God will always show you the true balance, the two sides of the coin. So God is teaching you to deny sin and ungodliness. It doesn't stop there. Then God will teach you to live righteously. So what is the point? You say you are not committing sin. You are denying ungodliness. But you are not living righteously. How is that possible? So if God is saying, don't commit sin, He will also teach you and say, this is how to live. This is how to live godly lives. The grace of God is a divine teacher. Please do not ignore the teachings of His grace. Noah did not joke with it. No wonder the Bible said, let's go to, to Genesis again, please. Go to Genesis chapter 6. Very interesting. Look at it. Then the Lord, sorry, in verse, um, verse 8, the Bible said, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Look at it, verse 9. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man. Perfect in his generations, Noah walked with God. Do you see what grace produces in a life that is listening to his teaching? Grace will make you walk with God. Grace.
friends will make you have God as your friend. That is grace. God's unmerited favor. When you listen to the teachings of His grace, this is what it produces in a life. This is the kind of life God wanted to multiply. That was why if you go to Genesis chapter 9, look at Genesis 9. When God let Noah out of the ark, look at what God told Noah. Genesis 9 verse 1. So, God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The same command God gave Adam when he created Adam in the image of God. God looked at Noah and told him, this is, this is the kind of life I want to multiply. This life that is working with me, this life that is righteous, this life that is pleasing me all the time, I want this kind of life to multiply. And that is what you saw. That's why the Bible said, God bless Noah. And thank God, his sons were also working with him. And God told him, be fruitful. Or God told them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. My brothers, my sisters, God's message has not changed. God is telling me, he's telling you, be fruitful. God has already blessed us. He's saying, go and be fruitful. Be full of fruit. Do you now see how we can be fruitful? The first calling to be fruitful is to listen to the teachings of the grace of God. Is to listen to what the Holy Spirit wants. That's why the Bible calls it, calls it the Holy Spirit. Is a spirit of holiness. The Spirit of God is a spirit of righteousness. The Holy Spirit will not lead you to commit sin. The Holy Spirit will teach you as you keep listening to His dictates. As you keep listening to Him guide you, it will help you live a godly life. No wonder God told Noah, a righteous man, who found grace, go and be fruitful. Excuse me, if you were God, which type of life will you ask to go and be fruitful and be multiplied? I'm asking you, is it the terrible life of Cain? The life that was a murderer? The life that would not control anger. Even when God was knocking on his door and saying, Cain, don't allow anger overtake you. The way you are going, it will overtake you. And Cain allowed anger to multiply and he became murder. Cain allowed anger to multiply and he went and killed his brother. That is what multiplies. And let me tell you, when a life multiplies, it does not multiply small. When you plant some three seeds or four seeds of corn, eh? go and plant it on a farm or on a ground. Go and check. What you will get after that is not those four, three or four seeds you planted. You are going to get hundreds. A life that multiplies produces much more. That is why it's called multiplication. That's why God said, be fruitful and multiply. God knows that if you reproduce yourself, you are going to reproduce it in several times over. But, beloved brethren, the place to start from is to listen to the teachings of the grace of God. And those teachings is what we just read in Titus chapter 2, and we correlated it in the life of Noah. By God's grace, 
You saw how Noah correlated it in his own songs. And from then, there was multiplication. So we are going to pray. Lord, can you help me to multiply the life of Christ? Can you help me to grow the life of Christ? This life of Christ that is full, so much full of life that can change the spiritual atmosphere anywhere to the glory of your name. Lord, help me to produce it. Are you going to take time and ask God to help you so that you concentrate on growing the life of Christ? You will ensure that you grow so that the life of Christ becomes more and more evident through you. The reason is because that is the life that you multiply. If you do not multiply the life of Christ, you are going to multiply the other life. And I'm praying that God will give you a fresh passion, a fresh hunger to be like Jesus. That will be your heart desire, your heart cry. No wonder. You know, this is what I see. I saw people like Paul. They kept asking, oh, that they may know Jesus. They wanted to reproduce Jesus in several other lives. Despite what God used him to do, it was that was his prayer. I want to know Jesus. I want to know him more and more because I need to multiply this kind of life. I need to make this life Fill the earth. That command, that demand upon our lives has not changed. And so, we are going to pray about it very specifically. Asking God, that Lord, can you help me? Let this life of Jesus that I carry. Lord, can you help me? Let it multiply. I know, sorry, we are meant to look at John chapter 15. But I've gone off looking at Genesis. But it was important we establish what type of life God wants you and me to life. Now, we have seen the first stage, how to multiply this life. And the life we are meant to multiply is to multiply the life of Christ that is in me and you. That life that God gave us through His grace, through the teachings of His grace, as long as we keep obeying the teachings of His grace, we will multiply it. And I want to show you what the Bible is saying, how to multiply that life. Now, let's go to, because of time, we'll pick a few verses, we'll look at everything. Let's go to John chapter 15. The John chapter 15 that we were meant to read. Let's just look at it again. I know you've read it before, but we'll read it again so that God will help us and give us a context and a perspective to actually go and be fruitful and multiply. Now, from verse 1, the Bible says, I am the true boy. This is Jesus talking. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, the Bible says he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean. Because of the word which I have spoken to you. Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. 
he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now, please, can we just establish some truths from what we just read? Very quickly. Look at verse 5. I want you to I want us to establish some positional statements and believe it and accept it. Look at it. Verse 5. The Bible says, Jesus is talking here. I am divine. You are the branches. So God, God wants me and you to appreciate one thing. That he is divine. He is the, tree, he is the main stock of the tree. Me and you are just the branches. We are the side shoots from divine. I want you to let's think about this. You are just a branch. Excuse me, I want to ask you a question. When a branch falls off a tree, does the tree die? No. When the Bible says you are a branch, you are just a branch. Excuse me. Have you seen a branch that is bigger than the stalk of the big tree? No. Have you seen a branch that is that can live, that can survive without being attached to the stalk of the tree? No. It's not possible. Look at the, what the Bible is saying in that verse 5. I am divine. That's Jesus saying. I am divine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. <laughs> I need you. I need us to accept it deep in our hearts. That without Jesus, without your attachment to Jesus, you cannot do anything. Look at it. It says, He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And I pray you understand what the Bible is saying here. Look at what God is saying. Please, maybe we should read it from Amplified. Nika, can you go to your Amplified, please? And read uh, verse 5. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Mm. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me or cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. Let's break that scripture down. The Bible says, I am divine, you are the branches. Whoever lives, whoever lives in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, bears abundant fruit. What is God telling us? Beloved brother and sister in Christ. The Bible is demanding. 
you ought to live in Jesus. Whoever lives in me, and there is no way you will be attached to Jesus, and Jesus is not attached to you. There is no way you will be in close communion with Jesus, and Jesus will be pushing you away and saying, Don't go come near me. Whoever abides, whoever lives in me. Jesus does not you to be a visitor to him. Jesus wants you to abide. When they ask you, where are you living? I am living in Jesus. I want you to accept it literally, in a, in a sense. That everything about you is rooted in Jesus. You are thinking, you are thinking like Jesus. You are behaving like Jesus. Your life is actually Jesus. Excuse me, I want to ask you a question. Have you seen a man who lives in a house and he does not know where his room is? Have you seen somebody who lives in a house and you go and visit him and you are pressed and you say, please, can you show me the the toilet or the loo, I need to use your toilet. And the man is telling you, excuse me, I don't know where the loo is. And this is such a person who does not know his own house. But he claims to live in that house. Where is your tap? I need to wash my hands. Tap? Actually, I don't know where the tap is. And he's living in that house. Is that possible? How can you say you abide in Christ and your life is not looking like that of Christ? How? How can you live in Christ? Your language does not does not resemble that of Christ. The Bible is saying, live in him, live in Christ. As long as you are living in Christ, as long as your life is attached to him, you are in close vital union with Jesus. You are going to bear fruit. It is automatic. The branch does not need to do anything. The only thing the branch needs to be is an attachment to the vine. As long as the vine is attached to the branch, nutrients that will make that branch produce food, that will keep that branch alive. Excuse me, have you seen a branch? I think it happens only in very rare plants. That a branch is detached from the tree and that branch survives and becomes another tree. I only know one plant. The cassava plant. Have you heard of the cassava before? Have you heard of cassava? Yes. Cassava, do you know how you plant it? You just cut off the branches. As long as that branch is planted, it becomes another plant. Excuse me. What God wants to do with your life is very great. Please, I don't want to sound like a psychology or a, a prosperity or a one of these big preachers who just talk. I'm only trying to show you the word of God. What God is calling us into is a great, is a great blessing. That I can be attached and be living in Jesus. And Jesus is flowing through my life to produce his fruit. And the fruit Jesus wants to produce is not one or two. The Bible says, look at that verse 5 again. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. 
there's God wants to produce so much more from your life. And that is very possible as long as we are in close, vital union with Jesus. And Jesus is reminding me and you, without him, without our close connection with Jesus, we cannot do anything. You cannot do anything by yourself. No matter how you want to produce fruit, if you are not attached to Jesus, you can't produce. You see, I am just praying that you will have faith to believe what you are reading here. Just believe it. And we'll pray about it. And ask God in mercy, can you make this a reality in my life, in your life? Lord, can this be real in me? I don't just want it to be made on the pages of scripture. Let it be real in my life. I want to produce for you. I want to produce fruit to the glory of your name. So that I can do much more. So that people can eat fruit for my life. And they will be eating Jesus. And they too will go and produce fruit to the glory of Jesus. Remember, you are just a branch. You are just a branch. A branch is nothing if it's not attached to the vine. A branch does not ghost. Because that doesn't do anything. All it does is, is attach to the vine. A branch doesn't say, see the fruit I have produced myself. The branch did not produce the fruit itself. It was because it was attached to the vine. So that's why you cannot boast about anything. Thank God you preach to somebody, he gave his life to Christ. That person is growing in the things of God. It's not you. It's Christ that is in you. Christ that is living in you and you living in him. That is producing that fruit through your life. Beloved brethren, there is a strong prayer point here. Lord, can I maintain my strong attachment with you, Lord? I don't want to be fruitless. I want to be fruitful, full of fruit. Lord, I want my branch, the branch of my life, to keep reproducing fruit even till I die. I don't want to miss. I want you to, by the time you come to my life, I want you to be able to see fruit. So much fruit that you are satisfied. That is what Jesus is looking for. Now, look at, look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it takes away. Do you remember what we read last week? The same thing, you know, we are reading, remember we read Luke chapter 13, do you remember last week? And we read Mark chapter 11 last week. We saw that tree that was not producing. It was the cry of the gardener that saved that tree. That tree was not producing anything. A fig tree that was not producing fruit. What was the next action? Cut it down. Look at verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. What did the Bible say? It takes away. It's occupying space. And God is reminding us again. Please. You are not just occupying space. There is a reason why you are in Christ. It's so that you can produce fruit. And look at the next part of that verse. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Do you see Jesus? Do you see what God wants to do with you and me? He wants you to keep producing more fruit. He doesn't just want you to produce one. He wants you to produce more. 
That's why he will come and prune you. That's why he will use the the scissors of his word to prune the excesses in your life. He wants you to produce more food. He doesn't just want you to be wild. A wild branch. A wild branch will not produce more food. A wild branch needs to produce big juicy fruits for God to eat. So he comes with the scissors of his word and chops off those excesses. All those bad behaviors, he chops it off. Even those things you do that don't, do not look like sin, but are not necessary for your production of food, he chops it off. So that you can concentrate in producing more food. The Bible says in Luke, sorry, not Luke, Hebrews. You remember Hebrews chapter 12? It says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. He said, You should run the race that has been set before you and lay aside every sin and weight. God uses His word to come and remove every sin and every weight from your life so that you can produce more food. Beloved brethren, is there any sin, is there any weight that is stopping you from producing food? We need to let it go so that you can bear more food. Is it unforgiveness? Somebody has annoyed you and you are very upset and you are refusing to forgive. Please, allow the word of God come again this evening to cut away unforgiveness so that you can produce fruit. Don't lay hold of unforgiveness. Forgo it so that you can produce fruit and please God. Those secret sins, please, don't hold on to it. Come to Jesus and confess and pour it at his feet. It's so important. I'm praying that God will help us. So we are going to pray. Asking God very deliberately to keep pruning our lives. Don't ever be satisfied with the food you are producing. You can produce more. Ask God not to spare you. Not to hide you from the scissors of, scissors of his word. So that you can be pruned to produce more food. I'm trusting that God will help us. Let's pray on this point. It's so important. So that we keep making progress with our Jesus. I pray the Lord will help us. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's go to our uh, prayer request. So uh, with our... Uh Come and join Pastor George's Bible study at 8 p.m. 